Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How do you change a narrative? How do you discard years of disaster and the lingering assumption that failure looms around every corner? How do you pull off arguably the greatest comeback in program history? It starts with belief. Just ask NC State quarterback Devin Leary. Hi, my name is David Thompson, and welcome to the Believe in NC State podcast. Now, those are the words that I wrote right after NC State's remarkable comeback over UNC last Friday. I know this team may not be playing for an ACC title game. They may not be playing in a bowl game that everyone had hoped for. But NC State fans will have this game, this comeback on senior night at Carter-Finley against a heated rival for the rest of their lives. Something they'll never forget. And now this team is still on pace for history still with a chance to win 10 games for only the second time in their 116-year history. This was the first time since 1986 that an NC State team has gone undefeated at Carter-Finley Stadium. So still plenty to play for. But no matter what, I I think we can all appreciate what kind of moment that was. And When the game seemed out of hand, NC State down nine points. And in a span of 26 seconds, Devin Leary finds Emeka Mezzi for a long touchdown. Chris Dunn, with such a good onside kick, he recovers it himself. And I had said before the game, I, I, I turned to a fellow journalist, I said, this is the Chris Dunn redemption game. Quote me on it. Now, I meant he's going to go down and kick a field goal to win the game. That's what I thought. But this was almost even better. And to have that onside kick recovered just two weeks after his onside kick was an inch away from being recovered, changing that outcome potentially of the Wake Forest game. It was really kind of poetic, I think. And then Devin Leary finds Emeka Mezzi in the left side of the end zone, an amazing two-handed grab, which will be Emeka Mezzi's final catch at Carter Finley, a guy who's been through so much with this program for five years. It's, it's why you love college football, right? For these kind of moments, for these type of plays to see the guys that you love soar to great heights. It was, it was pretty incredible, I have to admit. And I'm really excited today to uh, share with you my interview with Akeem Ekwanu, the potential first-round draft pick offensive lineman for NC State. It's a conversation we had last week. I wish I could have shared it a little bit earlier, uh, but everything we talked about still pertains uh, for his future at NC State for his future in the NFL. And, and I think you'll really enjoy listening to this young man and the way he talks about football and life. It's, it's really inspiring. It's really interesting. Before I get to that conversation, I want to thank both of our sponsors for the Believe in NC State podcast. First, Bet Online, And they're back and better than ever. It's a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, to basically any sport that you can bet on. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And then we've got another sponsor that I'm, I am uh, proud to advertise on this podcast. It's Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones and blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. And that's something I should be thinking about now uh, with the holiday season coming up. I got to get me some gifts. Anyway, just a quick editor's note. At the time of this interview, Iki Ekawanu had been a semifinalist for the Outland Trophy Award given to the best interior lineman in the country. He is now a finalist for that award, one of three offensive linemen. All right. Hope you enjoy the interview. So, Icky, it is it cool if I call you? You're cool with Icky? Yeah, Icky's, Icky's good with me. Cool, man. So, I guess the first thing I want to get into is let's talk about you know, making the semifinalist uh, list for this Outland trophy. Uh, what does it mean to you just to be, you know, among those names and, and kind of just to get, um, you know, showcased for, for your abilities? Yeah, it means a lot to me uh, being uh, really winning the Outland trophy, but uh, was a goal I've had ever since the preseason is something that I've talked, you know, with my coach, uh, my coach with coach Garrison and my teammates with. So, it's been a goal of mine for a, a little over a year now, really. So it really means a lot, you know, that I'm one step closer to reaching that goal. And it's, it's nice to get some recognition for sure. But yeah, it's, it really means a lot to me. Were you surprised when you, you got the news that like, hey, man, you're part of this top six? Or were you like, yeah, I should be? Uh, That's a good question. I was kind of, I guess I was kind of surprised. Um, obviously, you know, I'm confident in the way I play the game and I'm confident in my abilities, but I mean, I guess NC State isn't really a, like a school, I guess, that's known for getting a lot of recognition. So it was nice that, you know, I guess uh, the voters were able to see past the school a little bit and just look look at the skill, look at the ability, and were able to identify me as a top lineman. But I, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I was definitely excited. You know, that that really has been like a narrative, right, that that you guys are a little disrespected. I know people aren't, aren't, you know, Devin Leary wasn't among, you know, one of those awards for quarterbacks, Trent Gill, who seems like, you know, all American punter, um, you know, how do you guys really deal? Cause I know you say the things like, all right, we're, you know, when you talk to us, the big media scrum, you're like, yeah, we don't worry about this stuff, but there's no way you guys don't talk about that and take it, you know, at least a little personally. I, mean, I feel like we just all use it kind of like as a chip. You know, we don't allow the media or what people are saying about us. We don't really use it as see it as a distraction. Uh, we really just add it to whatever fuel we have for that week. And we kind of just go out and we just show it on the field that, you know, we're one of the better teams in the nation. So mm-hmm. even since, you know, high school, a lot of guys uh, that come here, even since high school, have had that chip on their shoulder, had that chip on their uh, shoulder. 
and maybe they're a little overlooked. I know I feel like I was overlooked and, you know, recruiting a little bit as well. So I thought just playing with that chip and having that chip is something that makes it to stay uh, special. Yeah. I mean, how does that, how does that chip for you personally? Cause yeah, you know, it was your, it was your twin brother who was getting a little more love in high school and, and now look at where you are now. I mean, where have you, you know, is that where a lot of your motivation comes from is just sort of, you know, being underappreciated? Uh, I mean, I guess that's definitely part of it. Um, I, I just feel like anytime I step on the field, I just want to show people that I'm, I'm the best. Um, and I just want to dominate people and just show people that, you know, I'm, it's not easy to beat NC State. It's not easy to beat me and I can't be beaten really. So I find that mindset is something I've had for a while now, but, being overlooked definitely just adds a little more uh, fuel to the fire for sure. Is it time? Was it time to get up for a nap or from a nap or what was that? Uh, no, I set the alarm for this uh, oh. podcast. And I guess I clicked snooze by accident instead of uh, stop. Oh man, I do that all the time, and then it hits me. It's like having to wake up again. I do that for my alarm clock, and then I'll forget. I'm like, you get that like second shock, and I hate that so much. It kills me. Um, I I'm curious to just like. I'm fairly new to covering this team, but I've seen this thing of like, you guys are, are sort of underappreciated nationally, but then if you don't achieve to a certain level locally with your fan base, they're like, there's so much disappointment, particularly after last game with Wake Forest. How do you guys deal with that from both angles being underappreciated and then this expectation to win every single game and basically win a national championship. And if not, it's the season's a wash for this fan base. How do you, how do you stay centered? Well, I just feel like uh, personally, you know, like within the team, we have really high expectations for ourselves, And so uh, I feel like we kind of, we understand where the fan base is coming from. You know, uh, we have a lot of talent on this roster. We've had a lot of talent um, in rosters in the past as well. So the expectation is, is always high, especially with all the work you put in, in the offseason. The expectation is always high for NC State. Um, but, I mean, like I said, we try not to look too much about who's saying what. We kind of just – really just want to focus on us, focus on the guys in the in the, in the Murph and the coaches and just listen to uh, the feedback of people coming from the Murph only. Um, I feel like everything else is kind of just noise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we all trust each other. Uh, we can all be coached by each other. We can all accept coaching, so – I feel like as long as, you know, all the guys in the in the Murphy Center are locked in, I feel like I guess it doesn't really matter what people say outside of that. But So you've got – there's two more games left of the Carter. Is it starting to hit you that this is kind of – this chapter is coming to the close? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I try not to think about, you know, the next level or what I'm going to do yet because I really wanted to put all my energy and all my focus into this season and just uh, – achieving as much as I can for NC State, you know, while I'm playing here. But honestly, I haven't really uh, – I mean, obviously, I've thought about it, but – Yeah, like, I've let's be about, real. You've thought about it. Yeah, but I've tried, you know, I really just want to focus on, you know, I'm here at North Carolina State. I'm not anywhere else. So I really just want to focus, like, on the season. And then whatever happens at the next level, I'll, I'll worry about that when it's time to worry about it. Just in case, do you think you'll you'll come out for senior night just to make sure you have that moment if you do decide to to go to the NFL next year? Yeah, that's something that they asked me uh, a little while ago. I got to talk with the family about that one and just, uh, I guess, make a decision, making sure that they can even uh, make it to the game if I were to walk. But, you know, it's a conversation I got to have with my family. And uh, I guess I guess I'll get back to you on that one. Well, and, and I know how important education is to your family. Um 
if you do decide to to leave and go to the NFL, how important will it be to to come back and and get your degree and finish things out? Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's uh that's something that was a non negotiable. Even uh, personally, you know, disagreeing my family, that's something that I've always wanted uh, was to have a college degree. And uh, I mean, I've been in school now what like 15, 15 years of my life. So mm-hmm. I just feel like it's something that you got to finish, and uh, it's something that I I want. I've always planned on graduating early, as early as I can. And COVID kind of messed those plans up a little bit, but I'm still on track to graduate uh, next year. And that's definitely something I'm going to uh, continue to pursue. What's what's your major? Business administration. Business administration. Concentration so, in marketing. Okay. So how do you apply that into your post-college life? Well, there's a lot of things, a lot of avenues you can you know take with a business administration degree. That's something that kind of really drew me to that uh, degree path. But uh, honestly... I guess we're going to have to see uh, uh, my academic goals, like my academic aspirations outside of football, where I wanted to get into marketing or advertisements, uh, something along, along that avenue. And I was able to internship uh, my senior year of high school with a uh, a good friend of mine who's head of marketing for S&D Coffee. So it was cool again to see like what that life would be like. And I can definitely see myself, you know, in that in the corporate uh, space a little bit. But uh yeah, I mean, I feel like I can apply that degree. I can really use it uh, in a variety of different ways. So we're kind of going to have to see how it all plans out when I finally get my degree. Right. And I, I just imagine that it would be really hard to deal with the distraction of it. And, and it's, everything that's happened to you is so positive. It's like this is a first round guy. He was up for national awards. And you're saying, hold on, hold on. I'm just trying to be a normal guy and play college football and enjoy this time. Like, is, is it possible to separate those or you just kind of have to learn to live with what's surrounding you? I mean, there's always, you know, that thought in your head about like the future, but something that I really tried to uh, lock into like a mindset is really just focusing on the present. Um, I know, you know, Giannis uh, onto the compo, you know, he had a, he had a quote about how, if you have like one foot in the future and one foot in the past, you're pissing on your present or something. Along <laughs> that's I know Coach Doran uh, said that as well at the team meeting. So that's just really like a mindset I like to have. Like you can really only focus on what you do, th- what you're doing this second. And so if you focus too much on the future, you kind of ignore like the work you need to put in in the present. So I'm really just trying to focus on the on the present. And just let the future handle handle itself. And, and I'll move on from this topic after this question. But I am curious with potentially where you could go in the NFL draft and the amount of money that would be associated with that. What would bring you back to NC state? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I've just, I put myself in your, in your shoes and I'm like, I'm, I know you're having a great time and you're playing well. And, but I'm like, oof, I could do a lot with that. Yeah. I'm not even sure, like, really, if it's like the money for me of like why, like, money is, isn't really the motivation of why I would leave. Um, I feel like the reason I would leave is if I feel like I've I've tapped, you know, if I feel like I've I'm trying to find the right word. I guess like exceeded. I'm trying to find a word, but I know uh, just talking with people that have been in the NFL, I know uh, something that the, a lot of people told Quentin Nelson. Uh, he's like a good example for me. Is like. If you dominate and you make it look easy in the in college, and it's time for the next level, and I feel like uh, I'm not gonna say I made it look easy, but I feel like this year I'm definitely taking taking that next step, um, and I feel like, man, <laughs> that's a really good question. You got me stumbled a little bit. Uh, 
Yeah, honestly, I'm not really sure. I guess like that's the conversation I'm going to have to have. But if I feel like um, I've been dominating at this level for as long as I have, I feel like it's time for that next step and uh, the new level of competition. Then that would be one of the reasons that I would leave hmm. for sure. But it's a lot of different reasons of why I could stay, I guess. You know, sure. teammates, family, bringing the championship back to NC State. Um, right. Yeah, a lot of reasons. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit. Of, there's a quote that I like from David Bowie. Uh, and he talks about if you're living your life without fear in it, just a little bit of fear, then it means you're probably not pushing yourself. You know, if things are just too easy. And I think about that too. Like anytime I'm in a situation where I'm scared or nervous, I'm like, okay, that means I'm doing something outside my comfort zone. And that means I'm going to grow. And that's a, you know, great thing, I think. Exactly. Um, so for, you know, I feel like with who you are and the way you play football, for any other family, it would be, you would be like easily the most impressive person, but talk a little bit about your family. Cause I just feel like each person, you know, your brother, your mom, your dad, they're and everyone, even your sister, everyone's just so impressive. Kind of take me down the, the line with the family. So I guess I start with the siblings. Uh, my oldest brother, uh, he's a, he's an animator, a 2d animator. And he's worked for a variety of different animation studios. Um, I think the first studio he worked with, with a studio called Bento Box Animation, and they work on Netflix shows like, uh, have you ever seen Paradise PD? I know they animated yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He, he has a couple of credits on a couple of episodes if you look for him. Uh, I think Brickleberry as well, like those like adult com- adult uh, animated comedies, uh, that's like they're, what they're known for. And then uh, he just, they just got bought out by Fox. So I forget what the name is called now, but he was working on uh, some animated Fox shows as well. And then recently I know he's looking, um, there's a big animation studio out in uh, Canada that he's been looking at um, that could definitely be a good fit for him. So he's been doing his thing. Uh, he definitely found his passion. He's always had a passion for art and graphic design and that avenue. So, and he's always had a thing for computers as well, like computer science. Hmm. So it was really nice getting to see him pursue both his passions uh, in, in one career path. Um, that's my oldest brother. Uh, my oldest sister, like you said, she's in med school right now. Um, she's studying to be a doctor. She's not uh, sure which concentration she wants to do yet, which uh, studies she wants to focus in, but I have no doubt she'll be successful. She's probably like one of the hardest working out of uh, out of the four of us. She's probably like the hardest working. Hmm. Maybe the smartest, but I feel like I'm, I'm pretty much up there with the smartest, but she's definitely up there too. Um, so yeah, she's in med school. And then my twin brother, he plays football in Notre Dame. Uh, he mm-hmm. plays a linebacker. He's a, a business major as well. Uh, same as me. And he's studying at Mendoza College of Business, which is one of the top business schools in the nation. So he's been doing this thing. And I have no doubt you're going to be talking about him coming up here uh, probably next year, very, very, very soon. And then, yeah, my my dad, he's a family physician. Uh, he studied. He had to get like he had to go to med school twice because um, he went to med school in the University of Nigeria. And then when he came to the States, uh, I don't, I, think, I don't think they really like accepted it, I guess. So he had to like restudy and go through like a whole nother process just to, be, just to be licensed in the U.S. And so just having to do that all over again, I just, you can't help but not, you know, you can't not respect that. You know, it's, just, it's so much work you have to put in just to provide for his family. And just, just so so much dedication to his craft. And uh, my mom, she was an accountant for a, a very long time. Um, and now she's, she's like the office manager. She works with my dad at, um, at his practice. Hmm. All, all down the line, uh, we just—I'm telling you, man—we just try and succeed at everything we do. Yeah, it is and for the push for education, it's, your dad had to go to medical school twice. I mean, is it—is it him or your mom who's like, listen, 
degree is more important than football. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody, both of them. Uh, it's always been the main focus in the house and the academics uh, come first. So as long as I succeeded in academics, um, I was free to really pursue any of my passions that I wanted to, uh, any sports I wanted to, any extracurriculars I wanted to do. As long as my school was good, I could pursue anything. So, so was, your 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 oldest brother, he's six foot six, correct? Too. Yeah, he's like six six. He he's bigger than me, honestly. He uh he was a wrestler and a, and a thrower. He threw shot put and discus, mm-hmm. but he never really liked football. But I felt he could have got a couple offers just off the muscle, like just looking at him, just by being that big. Yeah, exactly. A couple of schools definitely would have taken a shot on him. Is it like when you guys do a family portrait, are they having to like get on a ladder to get everybody in or that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, now they probably would. The last family portrait we did, we were all like in the house. Oh, we went on a family trip to Jamaica and we mm-hmm. had like a nice little uh, all white portrait on the beach. So that was probably like the last one. Me and my twin brother weren't as big as we are now because we were like 16. But yeah, you can see how big my older brother, how big my dad is for sure. So... What does that instill in you to have such a closeness with your family? I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've had plenty of friends, teammates who don't have that same thing. And, and you know, what does it sort of give you going out into the world? I mean, it's definitely a blessing, you know, having that close knit uh, atmosphere all the time, being able to talk, you know, with multiple people about anything I'm going through or just uh, it's, it's, it's just nice. Cause I know a lot of people, you know, they, they might not have that relationship with, you know, whether that be with their parents or whether that be with their siblings. So, Having, you know, both parents in the household, um, just having that love in the house is definitely big for me growing up. And I'm sure, obviously, they would say they're very proud of you. But I mean, how do you guys sort of, you know, navigate all these things together? And and do they sort of keep you grounded or or do they lift you up even more? I feel like they lift me up. But uh, I mean, yeah, growing up, I mean, all of us are kind of doing different things. So it was, it was nice to see the dedication to work, but also the dedication to, you know, all of our passions. Um, my sister, she was uh, really big into musical theater. And so she was doing plays and musicals really like all year. And so being able to, you know, take us to and from practice and then being able to, you know, job with the family to her music, uh, musical theater performances, you know, in, in the same day, it's really just huge. I remember it'd be some days uh, we'd have me and my brother would have practice at a Providence day. We'd have practice in high school. My mom would drive from work, bring us food after practice. And then we'd all go and we watch my sister in the musical. So it's just like times like that. You just, you're never going to forget. And it's always going to stick with you. Do you have any musical theater skills yourself? Uh, Yeah, I feel like I do. I used to, uh, when I was a kid, like fifth, fourth and fifth grade, I think third grade too. I used to go to like this, uh, musical theater like summer camp for like a week or two it's like two weeks i i was in uh i was in the the jungle book i was in the aristocats what and uh, i was in 101 dalmatians yeah so like oh. growing up like during the summertime my mom never wanted us to just be in the house all day like not doing anything so she was always really proactive and finding act- different activities for us to do that that weren't just the same you know it wasn't always just sports and that was one of the things that she found for us to do and i was really the only one that was on board with it um and then uh, for third grade and then fourth and fifth grade, I was able to drag my twin brother to it as well. And we did it together. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Do you, do you miss doing that at all? I mean, that that's, you obviously had a passion for it. You were at three different plays. It's not like you hated it. Yeah. I mean, no, it was cool. I also had a lot of fun, even in high school, uh, middle school, high school, I did chorus. Um, and then I was in honors chorus my senior year. Hmm. So I mean, I always had fun. I can never do any musicals though in high school because the sporting seasons, I did three sports, but 
Sure. I mean, it, it was always it was always fun for me. It was it was a uh, it was just cool. It was a cool way to express yourself. It was just like cool. You meet a lot of cool people uh, in musical theater as well. So yeah, it was definitely it, it was it was fun for me. What uh, what part did you sing in choir? I was a tenor. A you tenor, were a tenor? Uh, yeah. A tenor one and two. Really, I could sing like bass through tenor, but we only had like five tenors. Sure. Oh, so, yeah. They put me at tenor. That's all we all wanted. To, you know, I was a choir kid, too. Everybody was like, well, I'm a baritone. You're like, we got 13 baritones. We don't we need them anymore. It's like all the, all the kids, all the boys that like just took chorus for the grade kind of like did bass or baritone. Obviously, there were a couple that took it like real serious. And then like. I, I was never, I was never one to like be embarrassed or anything. So I was never shy. So I, I let the teacher know I could sing. And so she put me at tenor and I never had a problem with it. it. I mean, you speak with, you have such a bass in your voice. So it's hard for me to imagine like, what's your, I almost, I mean, like, I kind of want to make you sing a little bit right now, but I don't know. But like, <laughs> I care. Like yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't sang a, I haven't sang a choir piece in a, in a while, probably since like senior year of high school probably last time but yeah i still got my last spring concert on cds it's somewhere in my house no way oh man yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get your mom to send that to me or something i would love to hear that if she, if she can find it yeah if she can find uh, it well that's uh i mean so you know for you it's like football is obviously a passion but it's not your entire life you're you know you have a lot of different interests yeah for sure music well, has always been something I've, I've enjoyed listening to a lot of different kinds of music um listening to new music it's just music's always been like a big part of my life so i was never shy you know i didn't really care about what people i guess what people thought of me i just i like music i like singing so i just i did it what's what's in the like on the playlist right now what's in the rotation uh well drake dropped his album like a couple months ago so that's that's mm-hmm. in there still um listen to a little louisy vert a little bit of amigos that's like the rap. And I listen to like R&B, like I listen to her, SZA, um, a little bit of Brent Fias. So. I, I love her is amazing. Mm. Um, I, I'm trying to remember she did a collab with at like the country music awards with somebody. And I was just like, why doesn't she do this more? Like, I don't know. She blew me away. I became a fan after that. I wish I could remember who she did it with. Cause it was like amazing. But anyway, I I'm curious because I feel like you play with like a sense of freedom when you're out there. Does that sort of, is is that kind of just a, the way it sounds like the way you say it is, you know, you don't worry about what other people think you do your own thing. Is, is that kind of the way you play football? Yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I just, at the end of the day, football is a game. And I just feel like I've always just had that, like almost like childlike mindset when it comes to football, like I'm playing a game. It's just fun. Especially, you know, anytime I pull into space, or I'm able to just run into space. It just feels like I'm in the backyard or just playing flat football, just like running. And just, I don't know. I just, I, I just love competing. I've always loved just being on a team and just being part of the atmosphere. And I just love, I just love football so much. And I've been playing it for, I want to say like 12 years now. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I just never really lost that, that uh, playfulness about the game. Mm. And I mean, that's such a big deal, right? It's, is with the limelight and and the intensity that people cover this, watch this, feel about football that you can still find joy in it has has got to really help you through. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just at the end of the day, it's a game. That's just the mindset I have. And what, how good or bad you do is still it's still a game. So 
if you carry that mindset and you, I feel like you never really uh, lose love for the sport. And I, I haven't lost love for it. And I don't think I lose love for the sport uh, until I can't play it anymore. It, you know, it's interesting because I talked to Coach Dorn about you earlier this week. And he said, he's like, oh, you know, outside, he, you're like, you're, you're funny, you're joyous, you're, you know, you like to joke around, but then you play football. And I know you say you, you treat it as just a game, but he's like, this dude is like scary, like ferocious. Is, is that true? Is that really how you are? I mean, I can only see you with your helmet. I see how you play, but I can't see your face or, you know, it's like, is, is does there, a, is there a, a switch that flips for you? Yeah, I fight is definitely a switch. Uh, some of them, a lot of the motivation comes from just not wanting to let my teammates down. And I feel like if I don't go 100% um, during a play, I feel like I'm letting my teammates, I'm letting my coaches and uh, the fans down. So that that's one of like my biggest motivators is playing for the team I'm on, just making sure that I give 100% uh, every time. And with the position I play, giving 100% means finishing every block you can. And so that's what I'm going to do every play I can. I'm going to finish every block, finish on a body. But uh, I mean, I, I'm sure if you mic me up, you can hear me. I mean, I, I still laugh and stuff during the game. Uh, like if I get a good block, I'll laugh. If I'm running in space, I might smile. That's like a habit I haven't been able to break. Like when I'm running, I, I kind of smile a little bit, especially when I had a ball. So yeah, just you you can definitely be both. You can be uh, brutal, and you can be you can have fun playing the game as well. Hmm. I I, I like that. Um, that's so funny. I'd never I'd never see it. so. When you're running out in space, you just, you're like, it's almost like Jordan with the tongue. You're like, I don't even know that why I'm doing this, but I'm smiling sometimes, right now. Sometimes, especially like high school, really uh, in Pot Warner is when like they brought it up because I always want to play running back. And so, yeah. and I played a lot, I played D line in uh, Pot Warner. So anytime I was chasing a ball, anytime I was just running out there, like you can see me smiling. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and then flag football, <laughs> I don't have the helmet. You can see it. I guess, I think it's a picture of me. Uh, playing flat football with the ball in my hand. And I'm smiling like while I'm running. I know it's always been like a habit. And it's, yeah, it's just, that's yeah, that's got to be such like a, a scary feeling for an opposing linebacker. You're like running his way. You're running his way and you're like smiling. He's like, oh my God, this guy's going to kill me. Like the <laughs> Joker or something. I mean, I just, like I said, I just have, I have so much fun playing this game. And it's just, it's just such a fun game for me to play. It's just a, it's it's just so much fun because it's something that you can never be perfect at. You know, you're always growing in the sport. You're always trying to get better, and so uh, I feel like since since you never arrive in the sport, it's always just brings you know something else for you to for you to work on and something else for you to play for. Do you have like a you know in your in your three years at NC State, sort of like your favorite story you like to tell about like a game or a moment where you're like if if someone was going to sort of summarize your time at NC State, you'd be like. You know, there's this one game or this one time. Huh. Favorite story. Well, I mean, one of my favorite moments playing football was definitely last year, uh, the pit game after a Mecca got that last second touchdown. Because it's like, it was just so much fun just seeing, first of all, Mecca, just seeing how excited he got. You know, Mecca did so much for us. And Mecca, you know, this year, especially, he doesn't like to, you know, celebrate too much. He kind of just catches his touchdowns. He does like his little, like, little, like, Mm-hmm. Like you know, bound, and he kind of moves on with his business. So seeing that much energy from a mecca, uh, it was it was definitely nice to see. And then yeah, yeah, I was saying how a mecca, how he doesn't really celebrate like too much. Like he doesn't, he's not one of those guys who's going like you know he doesn't really like to spike the ball, like do anything crazy. And so 
you know, seeing how excited he got after that touchdown against Pitt, it was it just brought like a whole new energy to to me and to the to the team. And then being able, you know, to walk to run back to the sideline after the field goal and uh just seeing the energy on the sideline from all the coaches and just everyone, all the players on the sideline, and even being in that locker room, it was just it was just one of one of my favorite moments of playing college football. And then I said that was one of my favorite moments. And I, I then I said this year, uh seeing the fans rush the field after the Clemson game, that was big time for me. Yeah, some of those pictures, man, were just like, I can't, I can't imagine the energy around that to have that many people celebrate with you at the same time. It was crazy. I was seeing friends from back home I ain't seen in like a year, like friends that uh, went to my high school that I knew went to state, but I haven't had, you know, haven't been able to connect with them. I was able to see them on the field. It was like, it was just crazy just seeing like all the fans just there to celebrate us. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, if obviously if you could rewrite you know your your story it it feels like even though maybe you weren't recruited the way that you wanted to be you know maybe thought you were supposed to go to a bigger school but it feels like this ended up kind of being the perfect fit for you yeah and honestly like i never really had that uh mindset like big school versus low school i never really had that mindset when i was being recruited it was just like a feeling i was looking for and like a, a feeling of home and I really felt like I truly got that from NC State. Uh, that's one of the reasons I committed so early. Uh, I feel like if you ask around, if you ask, you know, my coach in high school, if I had waited to commit and play my senior season, I would have got more offers for sure. But I didn't want any more offers. Like, I came here. Uh, I didn't even go to a game. I came here in the spring of my junior year. Um, came with my dad. I came with my mom, uh, excuse me. And uh, I went through, you know, the pool college and management and um, the business school here at NC State. I talked with their staff, the academic staff there. And then um, I basically just like kind of walked through like what a day in the life would be like for me as a student, as a student athlete, more importantly than just an athlete. And then honestly, after that, I was really ready to commit just out that really just meeting all the coaches, meeting like the, the operations staff was great here. The recruiting staff was great here and the pool school. I kind of was like, okay, like I have this feeling, but I would definitely want to bring on my, uh, my dad as well um, to have him come visit. I'm sorry. I wanted to bring my mom to come visit as well. So that was the second visit I came that summer and we went to like the whole facilities. We went to the indoor and uh, we talked with coach thunder a little more as well. And after that, I, I called my dad on the, on the car ride back. And I said, like, dad, like, this is home. Like, this is where I want to play. Mm. And he, he kind of had knew I had that feeling, but I wanted I wanted both my parents to be able to experience that with me. And they both gave me, you know, they said that they could tell like, this is, this is going to be a good place for me. They just knew. Hmm. So I committed right, right then and there that summer. And then I played my senior season. I never wavered one time. Like I knew that this was going to be my home. Did you get so to I never, really, never really had that, you know, bigger school mindset. I just felt like I should have got, you know, a little more, I guess a little more clout, you know, you know what I mean? Like a little bit, but some more stars or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, but that stuff, stuff doesn't really matter. Does it? At the end of the day, I, I knew where my home was and, I knew, you know, regardless of stars, regardless of rankings, like I was going to be able to succeed here. I didn't realize that you had never even gone to a football game. Cause I feel like if I was being recruited, I'd want to like experience the atmosphere, but. Yeah, no, I never, uh, I never went to a football game before I committed. Uh, the first game I went to, um, was actually the spring game after I had already signed, I think. And that was when I was able to see like Savion, uh, CJ Clark, uh, some of the guys in, that were early enrollees in my class, I got to see some of them play. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think actually, I think before that, I went to the Boston College game 
the 2019 season, a 2018 okay. season. So. Right. But it was after I committed already. I was ready to go, and then I just I came to the, for my first game as a commit. So yeah, it was it was great. Did you have like a moment your freshman year where you're like, "Huh, I'm gonna be pretty good. I'm gonna be pretty good in college. This is this is happening." Uh, I guess like during fall camp, um, I sort of you know, I, so I basically when I first got to NC State, I only came there. I think it was like June June nineteenth is the exact day. So. I had about a month and month and a half, maybe two months before camp started uh, to get right with Coach Thunder. And so going through those workouts, uh, I've been through some tough workouts in high school, but Coach Thunder is kind of a little, a little bit different. So uh, after I survived that summer, I kind of was like, okay, like I can definitely deal with the conditioning aspect of college. So like when it was time for camp, I wanted to see if I would be able to play. And so, you know, I was going through camp or whatever, and we put the pads on, I think day four, and day four, I had a one-on-one rep, and I just like, <laughs> I got him good. I'm not gonna say who it was, obviously, but oh I, I come got on, him man, good. come on, who you who did you get? No, nah, I can't, I can't even say it. But he's not on the team anymore, anyway. But you know, I just don't want to. But yeah, I mean, I got him, and uh, we were going through team reps, and I got another pancake block during team reps, and that's kind of when I knew like I could really take this mindset I have, like this dominating mindset, and just apply it to any level and I feel like I'll be fine. And so that was kind of like my wake up call. Like, okay, I really belong at this level. I can really succeed. And then Coach Garrison, obviously I was still like really raw and Coach Garrison just coached me up that whole fall camp and then building up to the season. And I started uh, the first game, I started getting like a little couple reps during the first game. Second game, I got a couple drives. Third game, I got a couple more drives and it kind of went like that until I eventually I started uh, week five. So I know a lot has been made about, you know, your pancake blocks and and every time you get a pancake block, you get a bottle of syrup, correct? Sir. So where are we at now? How many, like, okay. I, I mean, do you have stock and syrup companies at this point or what, what's <laughs> what's it like? Uh, So if you count, I guess all three years, I'm probably somewhere around 200, 200 pancakes all three years. Uh, Cause I think, and I forget the exact number because I think there's pancakes that they really miss on film because you can't <laughs> see because I like, you know, like they, the film follows the ball. But like sometimes I'm back in the line of scrimmage. And I'm st- I know because I remember the play. I know I got a pancake, but it's not in the film. But I feel like my freshman year probably got around like maybe like 50, something like that. And then last year, I think I got around like 65, 70. And I think right now this year I'm at around like 85, something like that. So. So do you just oh, eat pancakes? Do you eat pancakes every meal or how do you deal with all that syrup? So we have a shelf and what we do. Uh, so it's not just linemen that get the bottles and water receivers got it. DC or Devin Carter receivers gotten a couple. I think all the receivers have at least like three or four pancakes. Mm-hmm. There, Emeka, CJ Riley, uh, DC, and uh, tight ends too. Uh, Dylan Parham, Chris Tootle. Trent Penix and even running backs have pancakes. Uh, Jordan Houston got a big pancake block the first game of the season. And Ricky and Bam have a couple as well. So the whole team gets pancakes, but how the O-line, how the O-line does it, um, we get the syrup bottle and we sign it and we put it on a shelf. Mm. And so we can see like the shelf grow and grow over the season. It's kind of like a good symbol of like a growth as an offensive line unit. And then we were trying to find a way that maybe we could have some sort of like, maybe like a, pancake breakfast like a pancake lunch or something for charity or something so we can actually use the syrup right but uh yeah i'm not really sure what they do with it but i know uh it's it's all there it's on uh, all of them in the offensive line room from this year 
So for for listeners who maybe don't know what a pancake block is, besides something that sounds like it goes well with butter, what is a pancake block? Explain that. So a pancake block is like a devastating block. So it's where you grab, you, you take your defender and you put them in the ground, basically, whether that be shoving them or just driving them into the ground. But they have to touch the ground for it to be a pancake block. Gotcha. So you pancake them. Exactly. You flip them. Yeah. Yeah. And so while you're doing this, are you staring into their helmets with a big grin, like smiling? <laughs> I guess it kind of depends, like the situation, because sometimes like I don't really talk smack that much anymore. But like people still try and talk smack to me. So it's always good getting one after do start drawing off. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. I probably smile on their face off, off that one. But uh, I mean, now so it's kind of like second nature almost. I don't, I don't have too much of a, of a reaction anymore, but. Yeah, I was there. It's still exciting. It's always exciting, but I just don't show it as much anymore. Right. So the the linemen that I normally have talked to, when they're being honest, you know, they prefer run blocking to pass blocking because it's instead you're pushing instead of having to back up. Right. Is has it been difficult this year? You know, especially like against Wake Forest, there was you know you guys rushed the ball twelve times. Is it has it been harder this year maybe to not run the ball as 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 much as maybe you guys should? Uh. I mean, I wouldn't say harder. I mean, obviously, as a, you know, as an offensive lineman, you like just burying people and just putting them in the dirt, which is something that you can still do in pass protection. Uh, it's just, you know, I guess less common. But no, I mean, uh, it's, it's just been the game plan the last you know couple of weeks. You know, we just like to pass the ball a little more. So obviously, I trust Coach Beck and uh, all the coaching staff here. I trust their game plan. So if they say that we got to pass the ball 60 times and – I don't mind pass blocking 60 times at all. That's that's my job to do, and I'm, I'm going to do it well. See, I don't really – I mean, obviously, you know, it's nice being able to just run off the ball and just smack someone, but if I got a pass block, I'm I'm, I'm a pass block. We're all going to pass block uh, well, so. Are you a prankster? Do you prank people? A prankster? Uh, yeah. I guess, I guess a little bit, yeah. I, I kind of – I can go back and forth with some of the guys on the team a little bit with the, with the pranks. Well, give me your, your best prank that you pulled off my best prank so let me uh start this by saying that uh this is the retaliation this is not you know uh just you know off rip <laughs> but uh so like my old one of my old roommates uh Derek I'm gonna say I'm gonna say his name Derek Eason uh mm. right guard for us uh so like it started with he he like I left my door open one time when I had left to get some food and when I came back like he had flipped my trash can over he put like my desk chair on my bed and like all, all sorts of stuff to my room. And so I was just thinking like, all right, I'm gonna get you back. Like, you're not gonna know, but I'm gonna get you back. And I think like a month later, I, he was on his P's and Q's cause he knows, like he knows me, he knows I'm, I'm gonna come back. I think it was like a month later, I finally caught him lacking a little bit. He, he left his door open just a crack. And so I went in his room and I flipped his whole mattress over and I put the uh, <laughs> I put the sheets back on the bed to make it look like it was normal. And it, it probably took him like, and by, I'm not gonna lie, like the bed was heavy too. It was like a, like a metal frame bed and it was like hard to flip over, but I finally did it. And I think it took him like, he came back late. It was like 10, 30, 11 when he came back. And it took him like an hour and a half to flip his bed back over. That was probably like, that's probably like top three for me. So, like flip the whole bed over. so the, okay. So we're talking about like, I'm trying to think like of a dorm bed, basically. Was it, is this when you guys were yeah, it was dorm? like It was like a, it was off campus apartment. So okay. there was, it was like a queen size bed frame and a queen size mattress. So I flipped the bed frame, the metal bed frame all the way over so that the legs are sticking up. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then I put the mattress like flipped over. So it was on, it was on the spring side. And then I put his sheets back over it to make it look like it was normal. And so I, yeah, I did that. I like, did oh, did he come it. in? He was like, all right, we're even or. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was kind of, he was a little upset, a little upset, because, like, I, he didn't really mess with my bed that much. He just put my chair on it. But, like, I knew, like, that was going to get him, because yeah. I know, like, he likes to sleep. I didn't think he was going to get back that late, though. Like, so I kind of felt bad a little bit, because he was, like, it was, like, 1130 <laughs> at night. Ooh. And he, I could hear him, like, grunting, like, trying to get the bed back up. And, like, I kept hearing the, I kept hearing, like, the the legs of the bed, the legs of the bed frame hitting the wall. And he kept trying to flip it over. And I was just like, man, I kind of felt bad. I might've gone a little too far on that one. Right. You, you know, know I, I got pranked pretty bad in college. Uh, my friends in like, you know, uh, I guess erasable paint, they put that my car was for sale for $350 and they put my cell phone number on the back. And I was like gone for the weekend. And so I was, I was like at my parents' house and I kept getting these calls like, hey man, I saw your car. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? about and because my car was was still in college and they like i it got me so good because i got like 30 calls like the uh the janitor at my dorm called and was like hey this is billy i with i was can i buy your car and i was like they ah, they got me so good no. and i was just oh like, snap yeah no, i know I'll, I'll, I'll the the calling that just get annoying after like call 10 so i don't yeah. know if i do that but like one-on-one stuff like yeah i'm i'm, I'm all for it yeah yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, have you have have you really just like feels like you've really enjoyed the just the college experience, you know? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely been fun. Definitely been good. Uh, it was kind of tough, you know, COVID year because I couldn't really. You. Oh yeah, I said uh, I couldn't really go out or do anything during the COVID year. And so I kind of, I still haven't even been able to really like get the full experience of Raleigh yet, just because I missed like a whole year of like being able to explore the city. But uh, there's a lot going on in Raleigh. I, I said Raleigh is like a really good place to be. All right. So I, I want to, I want to end with this because I've done it now with Porter Rooks and I did it with Peyton Wilson and we played, have you ever played Desert Island? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Basically it's just, so think that you're deserted on a desert island and all that you've got is a DVD player, TV, and your pick of five DVDs. Now, these are not just your five favorite movies. These are movies that you're going to be watching for the rest of your life. So you got to make sure you don't get sick of them. So what are these five movies? Man, five movies. Uh, one of my favorite comedies is probably Step Brothers. Classic. That got to be on Did we there. just become best friends? Yup. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably one, probably one of my favorite comedy movies. Um, Interstellar was a pretty good movie. Um, but I mean, I don't know if I could watch Interstellar all the time because like it comes with a twist. You know what I mean? It comes with a twist a little bit. And so, but I mean, that's one of my favorite movies. So I guess I put it on this for, for uh, some nostalgia. Okay. Um, dang, five movies. Trying to think of something. We could all do, we, we could do books. You big reader. Yeah, I used to read a lot of books, but I'm not sure if I could read the same book over and over again. You know? It'd be tough. All right, we'll stick with movies. So we've got we've got Step Brothers, Interstellar, three more. I'll probably go with uh probably go with maybe the the blind side's a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. Um 
Makalaf. I forgot the name of the movie, but with Denzel Washington and the old football movie. I don't know how I forgot the name of that. Oh, they remember just, the Titans? Remember the Titans? Yeah, I don't know how that, I forgot that. that old football movie. It's not that uh, old. Come on, man. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, yeah. remember the Titans got to be on there. That's a, that's a classic. Um, the Fifth Man, it's, just, it's a hard movie. I feel like I watched a lot of movies. I just can't remember like the names of a lot of movies I've seen. Well, I like this game of you just explaining the the premise and the actor and seeing if I can get it. So I'm, I'm good with that. I watch a lot of, I watch way too many movies. Yeah. Um, man, what's another good movie? My mind just completely went blank when you told me to name five movies. I know, I, I get it. Everyone's like, oh, wait, what? I always get people with that. I, but that's why I like this question because you're like, huh. It's a it's a good it's a good thinker. I'm trying to think of one more movie I can. Man, I don't how, know. <laughs> how about this? What what's the what's like the best movie you've seen recently? Where you're like, that's a good movie. Because half half the time, let's be honest, you watch a movie and 30 seconds later, you're like, uh, what what did I just watch? I totally blanked out the last two hours of my life. But sometimes you're like, mm, that was a good one. Well, I went. I watched Goodfellas and I watched The Irishman pretty recently. Yes, man. Goodfellas, Goodfellas is is number one on my list. It's about time. That's a that's a really good movie. Yeah. I feel like the the mafia movies, I feel like they're all pretty, pretty good. The, they're definitely like good watches for sure. Yeah, I guess I'll put Goodfellas on there. I, I feel like that was a good movie. And it's long, so it takes up a lot of time. So you don't you <laughs> it, you know, on a deserted island or whatever. But that's true. That's true. I'm glad that someone finally, I've been hoping that one of you guys were going to mention that because that's on my five and it's like my favorite movie of all time. So have you, have you seen the Godfather yet? Have you watched that? Uh, I've seen uh, like three quarters of the first one. Okay. And then I fell asleep. It was like a marathon and I fell asleep and woke up on the third. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's a bad one to wake up on. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I've seen all of the first one actually. Yeah. Yeah. The Godfather is pretty good. That's a long one too, though. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was, for sure. Uh, yeah, I thought the Godfather was pretty good. It was kind of funny seeing like there was one scene in there, like a fight scene, and it was just funny, like because like the fighting was like it was like so off, like off tune with the sound. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where uh, James Con he punches him and he misses him by that's yeah. that's the scene where he bites his knuckles, and you're like, what is going on here? Yeah, it was a lot going on. Yeah. He kind of like <laughs> like beats him up throughout the street because he was a uh, he was a. Uh, I think who was hitting his sister, right? Yeah, he was beating up his sister, who's his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connie. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a good movie. A lot of different plots in that one too. And then it, it was sad. It was sad, you know, see the ending, in the in the fields. It was sad. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, cool, man. Well, well, thank you so much for your time, and and I, I really appreciate everything. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube